way through the Bible. Wednesday night, we start in the book of Psalms. Encourage you to read Psalm 1 through 5. Today, the main event. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, and a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon, under her feet, and on her head there was a garland of twelve stars. And then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Now another great sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. And his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven. And he threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who is ready to give birth to devour her children as uh, her child as soon as it was born. And so she uh, she bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up uh, up into God and to his throne. And so the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that she that they would be fed there for 1,260 days. Now, a war broke out in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. Nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. And so the great dragon was, was cast out. The serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. And he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of the brethren, who accuses them before our God day and night has been cast out. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the testimony, I'm sorry, and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and for the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows he only has a short time. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman had been given two wings like a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she was nourished for a time, and times and a half a time, in the presence of the serpent. And so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth was opened its mouth and swallowed up the, the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I'm going to walk over here and get some tissue. How are you guys doing? I was really fine until I, I came up, stupid devil. But as we'll see today, the devil doesn't care about you. He's got some other little minion worried about you and not 
Don't, the devil didn't make me do it. So let's dive into this. Chapter 12. Where are we in our timeline? We have, we have reached the three and a half year period of the tribulation. It is about to be the great tribulation. But again, God pulls the scene back so that we would have a little bit more information of what is going on, who the characters are, the actors on the stage. And so he sets this out for us in this chapter. And, and by the time we're done, we're going to love that the devil is... Well, he got kicked out. And, and I don't know if you figured it out, but the key to this entire chapter is verse 11. You see, it is the blood of the lamb. It is the testimony of his people and that we do not regard our life. Man, that is the good news today. Oh, just wait, we'll get to it. Verse 1. Now there was a great sign that appeared in heaven. And a woman clothed with the sun, the moon, under her feet, and on her head was a garland of 12 stars. Now I don't know about you, but this is quite clear. Let's just go to chapter 13, right? It's clear as a bell. It is clear as a bell. Listen, if you know where to go in the Bible. You see, the Bible often has a commentary for itself. And the commentary for this is in Genesis. In fact, it's in Genesis 37. No need to go there. I'll read it to you. Genesis 37 reads this way. Now, this is Joseph. And then Joseph dreamed still another dream. And he told it to his brothers. And he said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. And so he told it to his father, Jacob, Jacob. And his brothers and his fathers rebuked him and said, What is this that you dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come down and bow on the earth before you? Now his brothers envied him, but his father kept this matter in mind. So in Revelation 12, 1, we see who this is. This woman is Israel. How do I know that? Because she gives birth to, as we know in this chapter, Jesus Christ. And so this great sign appeared in heaven, and a woman clothed with the sun and the moon, and under her feet and her head, a garland of 12 stars, the 12 tribes of Israel. And then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Excuse me. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads, ten horns, and seven diadems on his head. Now, later on in the book of Revelation, we're going to get into why he has the horns, the heads, the diadems, and all of that. That'll be described for us later. But as we learned in this chapter, this is the devil. So we're, we're seeing a little bit of the behind the scenes of what's happening. Much like when we get to Job, Job doesn't know what's going on. Poor Job. He doesn't know what's going on. But we see behind the scenes in chapters 1 and 2 of his life. Remember, Job would have loved to have read the book of Job before he lived it. 
But we have this great blessing to be able to see behind the scenes. And so there was a great fiery red dragon. And notice with me in verse 4, it says, His tail, this is the devil, drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, as we're going to see today, and I need you to hear all this, I'm going to say it a couple of times. Anti-Semitic thought or anything that revolves around anti-Jewish people is satanic in origin. Now, I'm going to be pretty offensive right now. Are you ready for it? Churches who are against Israel and the Jewish people, that is from the pit of hell. And what you don't realize, was that too strong? (laughs) What you don't realize is that you are participating in something demonic. That's, I'm going to restrain myself today. That is why I have such a huge problem with churches not going through the Bible. All 66 books. Listen, I don't care if your pastor has these favorite topics of his and these series that he gets online and puts posters and stuff all over the church and gets everybody excited, I want them to go through the Bible so they can see that God is not done with Israel and that they are his chosen people and to be otherwise is demonic. You mean in a church? Yes! Guys, When there are churches who are marching with signs that are pro-abortion, let alone uh, against Israel and its people. Now, we're not going to get into the Palestinian argument. We've already talked about that here at Calvary. That is a made-up group of people. It is their land. God said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And so the devil has been promoting an anti-Jewish sediment all the way from the beginning. It goes to Haman. It goes to Herod. That's what this is talking about. It goes to Hitler and Stalin. And it goes to these woke idiots. Oh, was that offensive? (laughs) Who are against Israel. The poor Palestinians. How about you stop launching rockets? And then Israel won't fire back on you. Do you know that there are plenty of Arabs? By the way, they're Arabs. Who are Israeli citizens. If you talk to the average Arab on the street in Jerusalem and you ask them, would you rather be an Israeli or a Palestinian? Do you know what they will tell you? We want to be an Israeli because of the benefits inside of Israel. So I I don't want to hear the church saying we are against God's people, the chosen people. This is a doctrine that goes back to the birth of the Roman Catholic Church, to the Inquisitions. The problem is the church doesn't know its history. I'm kind of sick and tired of that. It's kind of like our own country. How do we tear down statues? Because we don't know anything about the guy who is on the statue. 
because it's, it, it's not taught to them. Did you see this video of this little kid taking the American flag and throwing it down? Because he is indoctrinated by where he goes to government education to hate this country. Are you kidding me? Oy vey. I want everyone to know that behind everything that is anti-Jew is the fiery red dragon. Listen, I don't have to agree with every policy that Israel as a nation makes. That's not my job. My job is to stand behind them and say, Lord, they're your people. Guys, we are the bride of Christ. We're not his chosen people. The church wants to be the chosen people. I don't want to be the chosen people. I want to be the bride. Would you rather be the bride or the bridesmaid? Oh, now you get it. Do you understand? We're the bride. Stop worrying about this other group of people that God would, will deal with. Romans 11, God is not done with Israel. And this book of Revelation will describe that. In fact, this chapter tells us how much God loves his people. He protects them. He feeds them. And he gets them out of the dragon's breath. But I need everybody to know, and your family or your friends that speak against Israel, they are God's people. We have no business in the church ever, ever saying anything against God's Jewish nation. We are Judeo-Christians. Our boss is Jewish. Anybody got that? You can't be anti-Semitic. It's not possible. But it's possible. You're just not a believer. Oh. In the, in the latter days, people will walk away from the truth. What is the truth? We're reading it. Well, I'll offend a little bit more later. So note with me, it says, he drew a third of the stars in verse 4. We didn't get very far before I started ranting, did I? A third of the stars, which means that there are two-thirds with God and with us, we win. Don't you love that? It's only a third. Uh, we're going to see that Satan is so deceived that he deceived a third of the angels to remove himself from the presence of God. If he can do that to a third of the angels, what can he do with mankind that gets tricked by a shiny apple or a shiny boat or zeros in their bank account? If an angel can be deceived to walk away from that which is holy and pure in front of them, what does it say about us who've never seen God? We can be so easily tricked away from the, from, from the presence of God to the shiny on this world that is fading away. It's about to be burned up. It's very hard to communicate to the that to young people today. They're starting out their life and they're excited about life and life has told them to, you know, get money, get things, get possessions, get, get, get. It's all about you. 
But inside of the church, it's not about getting. It's about giving. Giving of our time and our resources, serving one another. The happiest you will ever be is serving somebody else in ministry. And you think, I'm going to go, right, and bless somebody else in this ministry, be it the... uh, the retirement home or overcomers group or a marriage group. I'm going to go and bless. And then you get there and, and you just get blessed. And you're like, Lord, you're so good. I'm so evil. I thought it was going to be a joy to somebody. And we are, but it's all, all most of the time in reverse. He th- He drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. And so there has been a plan since Genesis that the devil would take out God's anointed, the Savior of the world. And all through the history of the Old Testament, you see time after time after time, the devil trying to go go after the Jewish nation go after the one lineage. Guys, at one point in the kings of Israel, it was down to one man. One. Adaliah had killed the rest of them, killed all that, and and it says one nurse hid away the one line that Jesus was going to come through. It's demonic in origin. And so, she, verse 5, Israel, bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. In the Greek, it means that this is coming. It has not happened. Anybody see Jesus ruling on a throne yet? No. So this is a coming soon. Oh, I hope so. I can't do another election. I just can't do it. I don't think the blood pressure medicine can help. <laughs> she bore a male child who was to rule over the nations with a rod of iron. And then it says, now listen, this isn't a complete history. This is kind of very uh, boom, boom, boom. This is a, and then her child was caught up to God and to his throne. So he was born, no mention of the ministry, the 33 years on planet earth. No mention of that, right? Because we've got the gospels. John is writing this. So it's there for your reference and who is caught up to God and to his throne. Then, not only that, then it jumps ahead another 2,000 years to we're back in the tribulation period. And it says, the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that they would feed her there for 1,260 days. So the rest of the three and a half year period of time. Daniel 9 tells us that when Antichrist comes into the newly rebuilt temple there in uh, Jerusalem, we talked about this last week, we showed you what the Temple Mount was, there'll be a second temple built next to possibly the Dome of the Rock if it hasn't been destroyed by an earthquake. These are my own deep sinful thoughts, I think. Uh, I mean, if it's not and it's there, there's a wall, there's the Dome of the Rock and the temple. And the Jews will start their sacrifice again, their animal sacrifice. But at some point, and we're going to read coming up, 
He walks into the temple. He claims himself to be God and to be worshipped as God. And at that point, Daniel says, that is the abomination of desolation. Jesus also mentions that in his Olivet Discourse. And he says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken to you by Daniel the prophet, then flee to the wilderness. And so that, this is what it's describing. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that they, uh, that they should be fed there for 1,260 So they go there for the rest of the tribulation period. Where is this wilderness place? Now, a lot think that it's in Petra, which is in southern Jordan. If you have ever gone to Israel, uh, every once in a while we do a side trip to Petra. It is the coolest, oh, the coolest place you'll ever see. Uh, At one point it was said when there were those living there because there was also a Roman settlement there that about 300,000 people were living in that day in that area. And it, it basically has no water. But they can't go west because west is the Mediterranean. So they have to go east. They could go south, but there's nothing out in the Judean wilderness. Uh, is it Petra? Could be. Um, it is a great place of protection. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. As he's riding his horse, right, it pops up and that structure is right there carved in. You know what's cool about that structure is that there's like three levels below the sand that nobody sees. It's that tall. And it really is amazing what they built there in Petra and the ability to collect water. And then later on, the Romans built a garrison and there's some Roman ruins there and some, some temples that they built. It's pretty amazing there. So easily, God could uh, hide away his chosen people in the rock city of Petra. Verse 7. Now, war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. So when is this battle fought? This is the question that people have been asking for thousands of years. Again, uh, it, is the, it is my opinion that as soon as uh, the devil walks into the temple, that's the Antichrist. He's indwelled by power by the Antichrist, and he claims himself to be God. And remember, the devil can come and go, but he can only be at one place at one time. He perhaps goes back up into heaven. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then that is when this main event happens. Let's get ready to rumble. I can't wait. Remember, we're in heaven. Are we in a side room and we're having that marriage supper of the Lamb? It's all, and then then we hear this commotion over here. Listen, if God is taking suggestions, which I doubt he is, Could he at least just pull the curtain in the room so we could watch this battle? Don't you want to see Michael get all medieval on... All right, that's me. We've got two-thirds against one-third. We've got Michael in one corner, 
and we got the fiery red dragon in the other corner. You see, so many people think that the devil is equal with God. And you might even hear that in the church. There is, that's nowhere in Scripture. We, uh, um, the Bible teaches that, we, we see here, that Michael is the archangel, which means he is probably the top angel. Uh, Gabriel is in charge of birth announcements. <laughs> but Michael is the only one who's called the archangel, and Michael's job is to protect Israel. Now, it is very possible that Lucifer, the son of the morning, when he was created, he too was created as an archangel. Now, I'm using something called logic, all right? Something we're in short supply here in our country. But logic dictates if there's a war between Michael and the devil, then they must be equally matched, right? Now, I also believe that Bob the Buck private angel could whoop on the devil if God gave him the power and the strength to do that, amen? But it would seem that the devil... Lucifer is at the same created being or level uh, than Michael is. Remember the Bible says that there are principalities, powers. So there are ranking of angels in uh, the heavenly realm. And so they are there, verse 7, and a war broke out. It is very possible that at the three and a half year period of time, that is when this battle starts. It says that Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. Let's let's say hallelujah in verse 8 here. Uh, They did not prevail. Amen? The devil and his angels did not prevail. I just want to watch it. I just want to see it. He says, nor was there found a place for them in heaven anymore. And so that great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives how much of the world? The whole world is under the sway of the devil. And he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast with him. Now, this is not the first time that the Bible mentions the devil being cast out or falling. So at some point in creation, again, not sure when, the Bible doesn't tell us, but at some point in creation, God created the angels, this whole angel group, the the principalities. He creates Gabriel and Michael, and he creates Lucifer at that same point. Lucifer is the worship leader in heaven. I got to keep your eyes on that worship leader. And at some point, then pride comes into his heart, and he says, I will ascend and be like the Most High God. And so that's when he sinned, and he, Jesus, said, I saw a star fall from heaven. That's that event. And then he goes to Eve and deceives Eve in the garden. And then we've got that sin throughout man's history. But this says that this is at the three-and-a-half-year period of time. So how do I reconcile Satan falling and then Satan in the throne room of God? I thought that God could not have evil in his presence. Have you heard that before? How do I reconcile this? Are you ready for it? 
I have no idea. And nobody else has any idea, so let's not go there. How God allows Satan and his minions to be in his presence, I got no idea. When we get to Job, again, he is there. And God says, where have you been, Satan? It's like it's a run-of-the-mill conversation. Well, I've been going to and fro on the, on the planet. So there seems to be an access right now in heaven that Satan gets. I, let me just say it this way. I frankly don't care. That does, uh, uh, when we're in heaven, we're like, hey, did you ever figure out why he was left? No one's going to care. But for whatever reason, he is there. We're going to see one of the reasons is to be an accuser. Let's keep going. Because I don't like talking about the devil, amen? I, I hate this guy. Notice it says he was the great dragon, the serpent of old, all of the titles for him. And I want you to note that he deceives the whole world. If you are not a follower of Christ, you are deceived. Whether you know it or not, you're deceived. Now, as a believer, you get saved, right? You start coming to church, you learn, you're being discipled, and then you start remember all those times, and you're like, I knew it. It was him, and it wasn't him. It was a minion, right? It was a demon assigned to you. And you can know all those times, like, man, I was stupid. I was deceived. Yes, because the whole world is being deceived. Part about the part I really enjoy about being a believer is that I know the truth today. The truth will set you free. So we know what's going on behind the scenes. I know what's going on be, with the government and what they're trying to do or with that uh, agenda over there or the, 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 you know, the San Francisco gay men's choir telling us that they're coming for your children that no one in the church really wants to talk about because they're so afraid of saying homosexual. But finally, they slipped up and they said it. That's all demonic. And as a believer, I know that. So it sets me free. But those who are not a believer, listen, your family and your co-workers, even when you bring them facts to their brain, they can't grasp it because they're being deceived. When you're being deceived, do you really know it? No, that's the whole idea of being deceived. And eventually you learn it and you're like, oh, I hate that. I hate being manipulated, amen? and I hate being deceived. But it's the devil's job to take the image bearer, that's us, we're made in the image of God, and destroy the image bearer. And it says that he deceives the whole world. This world is under the sway of the devil. Guys, do you know that people don't like to hear that? Do you know that people in church don't like to hear that? Pastor, just talk about love. Just talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Let's have a Bible study about Jesus. Why not give you the entire Bible? 
I was talking to a pastor recently. I said, he was asking me about uh, what, we, what we do at Calvary. I love when people say that. What do you guys do at Calvary? I don't really know how to respond to that, but let me try. Paul said in Acts 20 to the Ephesian elders, this is the verse for us here at Calvary. Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the entire counsel of God. Which means Paul taught his pastors the entire Bible at what he had at the moment. That, what do we do at Calvary? We teach you the entire counsel of God. So that you can know how these verses apply about the sun and the moon in Genesis. And that you can know where evil really comes from. And that to be anti-Semitic is demonic. All right, let's get rid of this Satan, shall we? Verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven. What's a loud voice? This is pretty clear. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Messiah, Christ, has come. For the accuser of our brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been cast down. I hope we get to sing this. I don't know, maybe we're still eating. But somebody in heaven says this. Notice it tells us what Satan does. He is the accuser of the brethren. The brethren is us. It is the church. Satan goes before God and said, Do you know what Tom did yesterday? God's like, I'm God. I know. And then our lawyer, I don't have a Jesus lawyer joke, but our lawyer, the best lawyer of all time, comes up and says, Dad, I died for their sin. Case dismissed. And what's the devil do? Oh. Next day. Your Honor, I would like to bring before you what Tom did today. Dad, I paid for Tom upon the cross. Case dismissed. Oh. This goes on and on and on and on. He accuses the brethren day and night before God. How does he know all that? Because that dumb, stinking devil that's assigned to you knows exactly what you do every day. But it is the blood of the Lamb, as we will see, that defeats the enemy. Let's see. Verse 11, highlight it, underline it. Three things that defeats the devil... And any time there is something in the Bible that defeats the devil, I want to know it, and I want to write it down, and I want to memorize it. Let's look at it. And they. Who's the they? The they is the church, the brethren, us. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, number one. Number two, by the word of their testimony. And number three, that they did not love their lives to the death. How do you defeat the devil? Well, number one, you say, I'm cleansed by the blood of the lamb. Martin Luther said, what of it, devil? There was a time where, I can't tell you if this is 100%, you'll have to ask Martin Luther in heaven. But it, 
there was an account where uh, the devil came to Martin Luther. Yes, the devil would have come to Martin Luther. He was an important figure, and if he could get him, if he could get him crushed, well, then the Reformation wouldn't be going forward, and you and I wouldn't be sitting here as Protestants. But the, here's the devil listing out all of the sins of Martin Luther, and it says Martin Luther is writing them down. That's the, the devil. Would, let's not ever have that, like, I'm just going to ask the Lord. Uh, Lord, I don't want the devil ever coming to me and telling me all my sins. I know all of them for the most part. I live in Myrtle Beach where there are tourism. <laughs> and Martin Luther's writing them all down. And he gets to the end of it, and he says, is that it? And apparently the devil said yes, and he goes, well, what of it? And he threw this inkwell at the wall where the devil was supposed to be standing. You see, what of it? This accusation by the devil. He comes to us. We hear, you're not good enough. You're not a good mom. You're not a good dad. You're not a good husband. You're not a good wife. You're not a good, you're not a good believer. I saw what you did. I saw what you said. I saw what you posted. I saw what you and you just say, what of it? For the blood of the Lamb has washed me clean. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so there's nothing that sticks to us so we are overcomers of satan by the blood of the lamb number one number two by the word of their testimony your life is a testimony and the devil goes oh what is your testimony i used to be a drug addict I used to drink. I used to abuse my wife. I used to be a murderer, slander, a gossip. If I didn't get to your sin, the Bible will. Whatever you used to be. And now you're different, and now you have this life and people look at you. You know, the greatest testimony is going to a high school reunion. And they look at you and they look, who are you? I had just gone to my 30th a while back. I know, shockingly, I'm so young. But I went to my 30th and people are like, you do what? People don't understand what a pastor is, especially in California. What do you do? You run a church? What? Weren't you the guy that was... We'll just leave it there. <laughs> I don't need to tell you all my sins, but they are many. I'm just thankful that the blood of the lamb cleanses me. But then you have this testimony that what God has done for us. And how does the devil fight against that? He can't. Because then people go, well, geez, if Ron got saved... I can too. I remember what he did. It's the testimony. 
And I think this is important because I think the church has lost this last one. Not everybody. I'm speaking in a broad term. But it says, and then they did not love their life to death. Which means, if you've got a group of people, and they don't care if they die for the testimony of Jesus Christ, how can you make them afraid? If greater love is this, then a man would lay down his life for his friend. And you've got a bunch of wacko Jesus freaks who believe, go ahead, take me out. I don't care. I'm going home. How do you, how do you fight that? Well, if you're the devil, oh. Do you see? These three things, we smack the devil upside the head. Oh, I love that. You know why? Because I know what the devil and the world and my flesh did to me. For 27 years, of just fleshly, stupid, whatever. And this could be you today. You could still be in that place. I don't know about you, but I love when the devil comes for the accusation against us, Jesus, our lawyer, says, Dad, I paid for them. Case closed. He overcame them by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life unto death. Therefore, what does it say? Rejoice. That is why the church has to be a group of happy people, joyful people. There is nothing to be bummed out out in planet Earth. Even COVID doesn't bum you out. Like, bring that little virus on. Now, again, we have to be wise. I'm not saying to be dumb. But we don't fear what man can do. And by the way, that's man-made engineering. So I'm not afraid of that. I'll be smart. I'll be wise. He says, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you. He has no more access to to heaven. He is going to be in a really bad mood. You think he's been in a bad mood for 6,000 years? Wait till he gets kicked out of his father's throne room. I can't speak to his men. I, I think that he is delusional. I mean, he knows the Bible. He's quoted it, quotes it wrong, but he knows it. So he knows these passages of Scripture. You might say, well, why doesn't he give up? Because in his delusional mind, he thinks he can win, and he doesn't really care. He wants to take as many image bearers out before he is taken out. For the devil has come down to you, please note with me, having great wrath. This world has seen nothing of the devil's wrath until this point. Have no idea. Because he knows that he has a short time. Listen, he knows. He's got three and a half years left. That's it. Now, at the end of the thousand-year reign, 
We'll get to this later. He is released for a time, it says, to go and deceive the nations. So he's get, he gets released for a little bit, and then he'll be rethrown into the lake that burns forevermore. So now, verse 13. We've got to keep going here. When the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, He persecuted the woman. Now, who is the woman? Israel. If you didn't write that in in verse 1, you need to write that. This is Israel. The woman is Christ. Now, when the dragon had saw that he had been cast to earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Again, the persecution of Israel is part of a satanic program to thwart and hinder the work of God. Israel is hated by Satan not because of its own characteristics, but because it is the chosen of God, and that and that alone. And anything that goes against Israel, be on the media, in print, in governments, it's all demonic. Are you saying CNN is demonic? Absolutely. You could have figured that out day one. Anybody, and even on Fox News, anybody who is against Israel and against God's people. And so now he persecutes them, and that's this whole idea. So they have fled to wherever they've gone. Let's say it's Petra. And so now they fled there, and so the wrath of the devil has come upon them. Verse 14 says, But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and a half a time to an half, three, or sorry, three and a half years in the presence of the serpent, from the presence of the serpent. Now, what does that mean that she took up on wings? I don't know. Could it mean that they were airlifted out of Israel on the beautiful Hercules plains that we, we have sold Israel, flown them over there? Could it be that it's supernatural that he just picks them up and puts them like, how did we get here? Remember, the Jewish nation is, is going to cry out, behold, right? They're going to cry out to the Lord, the Lamb of God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus says, I'm not coming back until I hear. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Could it, could it be that that's going to start opening up their eyes? Like we're in Tel Aviv and all of a sudden, hey, how would we get here to Rock City Petra? However it happens, it is supernatural. And it says, woe to the inhabitants. I'm sorry. But the woman was given the two wings like a great, great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. And she was nourished. Please note with me, that is also supernatural. Now, you have made... You may have heard that through the last, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, that Christian businessmen have been putting food stocks and Bibles into the Rock City Petra. I've been there. That's not true. Now, this tells me that God himself provides, like in the wilderness. Is he going to provide a whole pallet of McDonald's? Isn't that cool? 
Will it be water coming out of the rock again? Wouldn't it be cool, guys, if God demonstrated himself to the current Jewish nation in the same way that he demonstrated himself in the wilderness? I don't know about you, but again, God taking suggestions, Lord, bring manna and water out of the rock so that they can go, I think I remember this story. Yeah. Wouldn't that be powerful? Whatever it is, it is God who is doing the nourishing. And so they are hid away and protected. This group of Jews are the ones that are going to go into the thousand-year reign. God protects them. Now, let's see what the devil does as we end here. And so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood. After the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. So, is, are they airlifted? Are they transported? Are they running? Are they, remember, Petra is on the other side of the Jordan, south of the Dead Sea, by the bottom of where Elat is, E-L-A-T. It's, their, um, it's where the southernmost place of Israel is, but there's a crossing over there into uh, the rock city Petra. However it is and however it's there, Satan comes after them with the flood. What is the flood? Well, it could very well be actual water. We're going to see in Job that, the, uh, that Satan has power over the weather. I knew it. He has been against the southern states of the United States for years. It is ungodly, the humidity. Oh, it's evil. But it says that Job's whole family taken out by a tornado. And the devil did that. Can, is every weather event demonic? No. Most of the time. No, but it is, isn't it? A lot of it could be. Because what happens when you get a tornado or an earthquake or an event somewhere, and the cameras always go to the guy that said, why did God do this? They never go to the guy that says, Lord Jesus, thank you that I did not die. I praise you that I lived, my family lived, my neighbors lived. Glory. They never go to that guy. They always go to the guy that blames it on God. Why did the insurance company have act of God? Not acts of God, it's acts of Satan. Oh. I'll get the insurance agencies right. So whatever it is, however it happens, he pours it out. Now, the Bible also talks about troops as a flood. It could very well be that whatever this army is in the tribulation force, if it's the United Nations or whatever banner it's under, that they come after them. And it says, but the earth helped the woman and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Very, uh, very Old Testament with uh, Moses uh, the the ones that came against Moses and there was a betrayal there and God is a those who are on Moses' side and my side over here. You've seen the Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston's over there. Who is on the Lord's side? And then the 
earth opens up and they all fall in there in the flames and, oh, I love that section. <laughs> and it says here, it's the same thing. That's, that's why I think it's so powerful, the imagery to the Jew of coming out of Israel or coming out of Egypt. And they're like, yeah, isn't that what happened, Dad, to Moses and the children of Israel? You betcha, son. And it was God who protected them. And God is protecting us now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so the dragon, anybody think that the dragon, the Satan, that Satan's going to go, okay, I'll just give up. He gets enraged. Now, I don't know about you, I'm thankful that we're in heaven because I don't ever want to see the devil enraged. Because the devil has powers. He can mask himself as an angel of light. Right? He, he can mask himself. What does he look like when he's really mad? And so the devil was, or the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war, listen, with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Who is that group? Lastly, these are the believers who come to Christ in the tribulation period who don't take the mark. We're going to get to that next week. Hopefully, next week we'll get to the, to the mark. So the devil sees that he cannot go after the Jewish nation, so what will he go after? The offspring, which is Christians, and the Christians who are left on planet Earth after the rapture of the church and who give their life to Jesus Christ are now going to come under the rage of the devil. We've already talked about how they will have to give their life as a testimony to Jesus Christ. Well, read ahead. It's going to get more beastly next week. We're going to see these, what the beast will do during the tribulation period and with his false prophet. Let's pray. Father, thank you again that we overcome Satan by the power of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and that we do not regard our life. Come take it. Lord, thank you for the Jewish nation. We thank you for the Israeli state. We pray for their protection as we see in your word. We know you will. A lot of Jews will die. Yes, Lord. But a lot will come into the kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, that you have done this great work for mankind. That you even give man an opportunity to accept eternal life rather than eternal damnation. So, Lord, thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the rest of this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.